Well, the narrow path that the Fed is carefully treading seems to be getting longer. Rates are on hold today, but the dot plot for next year and the year and a half are half a percent higher than last time. We'll look at all the takeouts from their decision and the forecast and the press conference, and we'll look ahead to what's next. With the Bank of England hot on the heels, with a big surprise reduction in UK inflation, we'll look at that. And there's more. It's a it's a central bankathon today, plus GDP for New Zealand and more. It's a busy one. It's Thursday, the 21st of September, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, get ready for this. There's been lots of moves. The US dollar was down 0.4% on the DXY, but it bounced back after the Fed announcement, and it's up 0.2% now. That's knocked the euro down to size. It was half a percent higher earlier. It's 0.2% down now. Uh, The pound has lost out. It's down 0.4%. The Aussie was up over 0.8% before the Fed, uh, 0.1% lower now, dipping below 64.5 US cents. And bond yields, well, the lower-than-expected UK CPI number has seen 10-year Gilts down 13 basis points, down 14 for two years. Meanwhile, 10-year treasuries, well, they were down four basis points before the Fed, uh, just one basis point now at uh, down now at 4.34%. And Aussie 10 years up five basis points yesterday to 4.21%, and that's pretty much where they are on futures this morning. Shares higher in Europe. The FTSE 100 is up 0.9% after those inflation numbers. The Eurostox 50 up 0.8%. Whilst, well, what's the Fed done to US equities? Quite a lot, it seems. The Dow was up 0.7%, but it closed down 0.2%. We had a 0.3% rise in the S&P. That's turned into a 0.9% fall. The Nasdaq is uh, down 1.5%. So share markets really didn't like it at all. And oil, well, Brent hadn't budged before the Fed. Now it's 1.1% down. It did get down below 93 a barrel, but it's back up to 93.30 now. WTI uh, was up a third of 1%. Now it's down 1% uh, to just below 90.30. So the Fed. Let's talk about it with NAB's Gavin Friend in London. They kept rates on hold. No surprise. Higher for longer. No surprise. One more hike this year. That's what 12 of the 19 Fed officials are suggesting in the new dot plot. Again, no surprise, perhaps. But some big moves in yields. Two years are up to the highest level now since 2006. They got up to 5.148 at their peak. Uh, as though there was some sort of surprise. But the surprise is the projections, isn't it, for next year and the year after. So the path is getting longer, and they've uh, basically added uh, half a percent, haven't they? So the median view for the end of 2024 is 5.1%. Previously, it was 4.6%, and a half percent gain for 2025 as well. Yeah, good morning, Phil. That's absolutely right. So a a hawkish hold, I think, is what we got from the Fed. Few observers, I think, would be surprised that the additional rate hike in either November or December uh, this year, that that remains, that's unchanged. And, and given the data has been so strong, you know, um, so we've seen on the back of that now, markets move the pricing of a further move of 25 basis points in the next two months from around about 30, 32% to about 50%. But the axing, to your point, of the two of the four cuts in 2024 that were previously in, is no doubt at the hawkish end of the spectrum. I mean, so the dots now see, you know, this further hike and then only two cuts next year. So uh, so the, the median um, Fed Fund's target rate ends 2024 at 5.1 uh, versus the previous 4.6. Um, and I think, you know, although we can debate this, um, you know, that's, you know, market markets, I think, were, were pr- probably prepared for one of those to be to be shaved off. But the two, I think, is uh, is is at the hawkish end for most people's expectations. 
underpinning the higher for longer view is an upgrading of economic growth. So the forecast of 2023 is revised up from one point from one percent previously in June. These are quarterly uh, numbers to two point one percent. That is quite a difference. It is. It's a chunky move, but also. You have to just, you know, take a step back. That's actually in line with the consensus view. If you look in Bloomberg, the consensus private sector forecasts for 2023 um, is 2.1%. If you look at what we've got in Q2 so far and what we're likely to get in Q3, it's almost it's almost mathematically impossible not to get something around that. And indeed, NAB's own forecasts have been recently uh, revised up to reflect an expectation of 2.1% in 2023. I think where the difference then comes in is 2024. So uh, the Fed has now upgraded from uh, from one percent to uh, sorry from one point one percent to to one point five percent. I mean the, the consensus is point nine. We have point eight, um, and I think one of the reasons that we have that view is that we see inflation dropping back faster than the Fed. You could also argue that the labour market might weaken more. Chairman Powell actually did acknowledge the progress that the Fed is making in the labour market. Yes, it remains tight, but uh, it's better balanced. You know, we think about things like the participation rate is up, job vacancies are down, nominal wages have shown some signs of easing. He acknowledged all these things. And the FOMC does expect this rebalancing of the labour market to continue. So, so in essence, this is about forecasts. You know, we, we, we go through these these events where we get the new dot plot and the new statement, uh, the new the new SCPs, the new uh, statement of economic projections, and sometimes they're sort of almost treated as facts. They are forecasts. It's all yeah. in the data. So yep. exactly. Yep. So yep. don't believe anything we say. Because <laughs> I mean, he was he said forecasters are humble folk with much to be humble about. You know. Yep. So we're basically saying, can we believe these forecasts? Yep. But just on this idea, because I mean, the, the, there's this belief now, isn't there? There's sort of becoming more entrenched view that we're going to have a soft landing, and now we're going to have a soft landing uh, without unemployment rising too much you know we we somehow are going to get back to you know getting getting inflation back to two percent without i mean it sounds like hans christian anderson has joined the board of the fed because doing this without seeing unemployment really increasing too much sounds a bit like a fairy tale doesn't it well but yeah but what has the data been showing you i mean isn't that the lesson we've learned apart from the uk which is a bit of an outlier isn't what Mm. we've been experiencing over the last few months you know, declines in activity, you know, monetary policy gradually working, perhaps not as effectively as we thought it would do for various reasons, but unemployment rates remain very, very low in the US, in Europe, in Australia, wherever you look, apart from the UK where they're starting to tick up a bit more meaningfully, and we can discuss that in a second. You know, but I think, again, go back to what Fed Chair Powell said, you know, they would expect... Um, in their base case, they would expect, um, you know, to get inflation back to down to two percent will require a higher unemployment rate. I mean, that's what they expect. It's just that it's just mm. not happening at the moment. Um, so we'll see. So it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing I would, I would, I would just, I would just highlight is, is that um, he, he was talking about what's driving all this at the moment. It's consumption, okay, um, and that household balance sheets and business balance sheets are perhaps stronger than thought, and that may well be the case. We'd agree certainly on the business side because you know they locked in lower rates, all that kind of stuff. Households, um, 
if you look at things like the savings rate, it's actually gone negative now. U.S. consumers have been burning through the excess savings that they accumulated from the pandemic in a way that other nations haven't been doing. We've just done some work on this, and it's quite, it's quite a, a marked difference. So to the extent that they've, they've worked through that and their savings rate is now negative, this may well still have a further way to go. We need it. Timing is everything. But 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 the, the direction of travel suggests that what we're seeing at the moment, you know, may not last. No, um, and, and, again, and, we come and may not be quite such a soft landing, if that's the case yes. either. You know, well, it could uh, happen quickly and hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can debate whether it's a soft or a hard. Um, you know, the, the Fed is clear that actually, um, you know, their, their, their primary objective is to get a soft landing, but it's not their base case. And that comes back to that idea that, to do this, given the, the pressures and, and the, the, the balances it, it finds itself in, it may well have to lead to a harder landing, uh, certainly for, for, for the unemployment rate. Right. Well, look, as he said, forecasters are humble folk. Let's remind ourselves that, you know, the uh, a couple of years ago, the 2024 median rate was 1.75%. Last year, it was 4%. Now it's 5.1%. So it could be 6%. Who knows? You know, because... They might have got the projections wrong. It's possible, isn't it? Uh, so we'll wait and see. But look, other central banks are available. Uh, the Riksbank in Sweden, Swiss National Bank, Norge Bank, uh, South Africa as well. It's like London buses, Gavin. They're all coming at once today. If you include the Fed, we've got a 36-hour train of no less than six central bank decisions. Wow. Um, so first up is um, is the Swedish Riksbank, where 25 basis points uh, hike is, is basically uh, broadly anticipated. Same time, the Swiss National Bank, remember they only meet once every quarter, is almost unanimously expected to hike rates to 2% from 1.75. So that's a way below the sort of the levels that we're seeing uh, mm. at Switzerland's peers. But remember, inflation um, is much lower. It's, it's at 1.5%. It's banged within the SMB's 0 to 2% uh, target range after you know inflation peaked at just 3.5%. Oh, wouldn't we like to see that yeah. in the UK? But still... Economic growth in Switzerland is wobbling a bit, and the Swiss franc has been—it has been the outperformer uh, of all you know, against all comers. And I think if we're looking for any surprises tomorrow, there's a couple of, of economists out there thinking they may not need to to hike because of this. Um, and I think that's the risk. It's a, it's a tail risk. But if there is one, then it is that maybe the SMB doesn't follow through because the, the currency, I mean, they like a strong currency, but it's been so strong and growth is starting to wobble a little bit. Then we get the Norwegian Bank from Norway. Um, again, another 25 basis points to four and a quarter. Both the Swedish uh, Riksbank and the Norwegian Bank are probably going to give you know a nod to the possibility of further hikes because that's what everybody's doing, isn't it? Um, mm. And uh, but both are seeing weaker growth, and that's a weaker infl- inflation starting to roll over. The, the issue that both of these two areas have is is that the currencies have been hit quite hard, and so that's what's caused them to kind of have to come back into the rate hike table. Turkey, right. Turkey also uh, sets rates at around about uh, midday UK time, um, where five to six hundred basis points of hikes is expected. But of course. All the attention at that point in the day will be on the Bank of England. And that's hot on the heels of, uh, which is about, I think, nine o'clock tonight, uh, Australia time, also Sydney and Melbourne time. Uh, and the minutes come out at the same time as well, of course. This is hot on the heels of that surprise set of inflation numbers that we got yesterday. So the core rate year on year down to 6.2% from 6.9%. So it's up just 0.1% on the month. The headline rate, which that we thought would rise, didn't. It was down too. 
uh, and a chunk of that is food, isn't it? Because that's gone from 14.8% down to 13.6% from July to August for the annual rate. So quite a fall in food. Services inflation has gone from 7.4 to 6.8. Uh, so the, the one thing that's going up is goods inflation. So, so yeah, quite a marked response. I mean, yields down, the pound down, equities higher. I mean, these weren't incremental moves, were they? This this was a strong signal. No, and I think it's really blindsided the market because, mm. to your point, it wasn't just about the headline falling three tenths. It was about the sort of seven. The, sorry, it was about the 0.7 percentage point declines or 0.6 we saw in services and core. You 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 just highlighted goods price inflation did rise a little bit. Core goods inflation dropped from 5.9 to 5.2. I mean, these right. are big declines. And we yeah. might, and there, there are a number of things going on here. Some of it may be weather affected. It was in recreation and culture, these kinds of bits and pieces. Uh, hotel inflation down 3.2%. The base effects, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't forget that these have, have had an impact. So all of this is, is, you know, is, is, is good news, a rare bit of good news for the UK economy, for the Bank so of England. The big question and the government is, is, yeah, is it enough for the Bank of England to say, well, I know you're all expecting they're going to raise rates, but maybe we won't this time? So what, is, so what does the Bank of England care about? It's been worried about signs of persistent inflationary pressure, services directly relinked to wages. And of course, last week we had another punchy um, set of wage numbers coming out of the ONS. But we know there's nuance there. We know that the driver of that was NHS pay rises and bonuses in the private sector. You know, things are starting to moderate. That said, in the private sector, sort of um, regular wages, non-bonuses, are still running at 8%, just above 8%. That's too hot. But, of course, these are all backward-looking numbers. These were wage settlements that were drawn up much earlier in the year, in the spring. So if the Bank of England is truly looking forward, for once now it has a set of data that says, okay, inflation is coming down a little bit more in a little bit more forceful way. We're starting to see a broader weakening in the labour market in terms of the unemployment rate. We talked about this. It's gone from three and a half base to 4.3. It's two tenths above where the bank th- bank really thought it would be. You're starting to see job vacancies fall. Employment is rolling over. There's a broad. This is the first time where the where the Bank of England can say there is a broader shift. A deterioration in the data, including those core and services inflation so in the I direction the- that we want, you know. So yeah. now, now, are you building up to tell us that it, you think there is a chance that they will? Well, I mean, we've been an outlier saying that we think that this meeting w- w- was, was a was a, a line ball call, a much a much harder debate because of these factors, because of what we heard from Hugh Peel, the chief economist, about, you know, a table mountain approach, all that kind of stuff. Um and now, of course, these numbers, I think, will corroborate that. A number of um, uh, uh, investment banks have come off uh, the uh, the expectation of a hike to the idea there's going to be a pause. Look, it doesn't really matter whether they hike to five and a half or five and a quarter is going to make no difference to inflation this year. What matters is the guidance they give. And because wages are still stubbornly high, they're going to have to, whatever they do, they're going to have to tell you that they are not going to drop their guard. If they see signs of persistent inflation pressure down the road, they may have to go again. Let's remember the Fed, um, it paused in June. It hiked in July. It paused in September. It may have to go again. We may well be going into a similar pattern for the Bank of England. 
the ECB, it tried to tell us last week that rates have probably peaked, but the, but the Hawks are not having it. They're saying we can't rule out a hike in December. This is the era we're into now where we just don't know. We just we, we think we everybody is pretty convinced we're about around the peak, but is it or is it one more, two more? You know, and that's, yeah. that's the big and thing. all it takes is consumption to pick up again. And the so markets you know, are not going to get what they want from this, even if the bank, mm. you know, uh, pauses uh, later on today. But if it doesn't, in the minutes, it's going to tell you that they discussed a pause. And markets would like to jump on these kinds of things. They're just not going to get the certainty that backs up the clear direction. Not for a few months yet. Well, central banks, of course, are all about trying to uh, hold back demand so that prices do come down. So are they being successful at the RBNZ? Because we get their GDP growth rate for Q2. It was growing at 2.2%. It's expected to fall to 1.2% year on year. But the quarter on quarter figure is the key one, isn't it? Because, of course, last quarter that was down. So will it this time, will it bounce out of negative territory? No, we think it is going to bounce. And actually, um, you know, it wasn't just uh, Q1 that was down. Uh, Q4 was down as well, so we, so so New Zealand uh, was experiencing a technical recession, uh, and and our colleagues at BNZ think that we're you know unreservedly going to come out of that with a with a 0.6 Q on Q uh, rebound, which is slightly above the consensus. Um, that said, uh, the consent their, their view is still that we continue to expect to to to, to see you know weak activity. Uh, in the coming quarters, you know, as it was seen in the recent um, PMI numbers, uh, which have fallen further into contractionary uh, territory. So it's a bit of a a brief foray back into positive growth that, um, you know, that probably I'm not going to say we're going back into recession, but, um, you know, it won't last. Right. All right. Now, look, lots of the data that we normally get very excited about, but this time we don't get much time to talk about it or no time to talk about it. We get the weekly jobless claims in the US, the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index, including the sub-indices for employment, CapEx, new orders, prices paid, uh, a bit to get stuck into there, and European consumer confidence numbers early tomorrow morning, and some ECB speakers as well, including Christine Lagarde and Isabel Schnabel. So quite a bit going on, but look, we're just going to have to leave it there because we're out of time. Good to talk, Gavin. Cheers, Phil. Well, there we are. That was a fairly meaty one, wasn't it? Unless, of course, you vegetarian in which case it was just quite a substantial nut roast of an addition wasn't it today uh, we are we've got another busy one tomorrow so join me for that i'm phil dobby for nab i'll see you tomorrow morning thanks for listening